It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcast, and watch on Bloomberg Originals, Bloomberg Television, or BTV Plus. This is Bloomberg Law with June Grosso from Bloomberg Radio. The sound of March Madness. It's the sound of money for the NCAA. College sports is a billion-dollar industry where the athletes play but don't get paid. Now, a legal memo from an unlikely source may change that. The top lawyer at the National Labor Relations Board says that athletes at private colleges qualify as employees under federal labor law and are entitled to protection if they unionize. My guest is Audrey Anderson, who heads the higher education practice at Bass, Barry & Sims. Audrey, tell us a little about what the NLRB general counsel, Jennifer Abruzzo, said in her memo released on Wednesday. Well, what she has said, June, is that from her perspective, certain college athletes are employees for purposes of the National Labor Relations Act, or the NLRA, meaning that they have the right to organize, form a union, collectively bargain, strike things like that. And she also went that step farther to say, if you call these people who play sports at a college, if you call them student athletes, as so many of us have done for so long, you may be misclassifying them under the National Labor Relations Act. And she may, in future cases, take a position that that misclassification is a separate violation of the National Labor Relations Act. So there was a case in 2015 where Northwestern football players sought union representation, and it was dismissed by the NLRB board, by the Democratic majority board. So is it possible that the board won't agree with her on this? Yes, it is possible that the board will not agree with her on this. It's also possible that a court will not agree with her or with the board. So her pronouncement is certainly not the end of the matter. She does not get to say what the law is. All she can do is say this is the position that we are going to take in pursuing charges in labor relations disputes. 
So is the next step for unions to try to organize college players? Yes. The next step is for college players to try to unionize or to try to take other kinds of collective activity. And if they believe that their college or their conference is prohibiting them from taking collective activity, they could file a charge with the NLRB saying our rights under the National Labor Relations Act have been violated. Now, what's also interesting in this memo, the general counsel also says that she is open to considering charges against a sports conference, including the NCAA. And that's interesting because public institutions are not governed by the National Labor Relations Act. So any state colleges and universities are governed instead by any state law that might exist around collective bargaining. However, most conferences have state institutions within them. It's almost that by saying, well, I'd look at anything that has to do with a conference as a potential charge. She's also trying to get her fingers into the public institutions. If a college athlete at a public institution could somehow say that the action being taken against me is by virtue of a conference rule or an NCAA rule, they could file a charge against their conference or the NCAA, and this general counsel is saying she'd at least take a look at that. Is she going out on a limb here? She's definitely trying to make new law, but that's sometimes how the law changes in this area. And the National Labor Relations Board is known for being a more political agency. So the law there does change as administrations change. So that she's taking what might be thought of as a political position is not a newsflash. People who practice labor law know that you go through these ebbs and flows with the change of an administration. The GC also mentions one justice's opinion in the recent Alston case. What I thought was interesting in this memo is she picked out Justice Kavanaugh's concurrence, which he wrote only for himself, and in kind of a by-the-way fashion said that, well, maybe one way that college athletes and their colleges could come to terms with making the college athletes kind of whole for their contribution to the school is through collective bargaining. And Justice Kavanaugh, I think, was not really thinking through all the ramifications of that when he wrote it. And here we have the general counsel of the National Labor Relations Board saying, well, one justice of the Supreme Court thinks there should be collective bargaining, and therefore he must think that they are employees under the National Labor Relations Act. And, you know, it's kind of unintended consequences of one justice's concurring opinion and kind of a throwaway line. Thanks, Audrey. That's Audrey Anderson of Basbarian Sims. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. 
Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcast, And watch on Bloomberg Originals, Bloomberg Television, or BTV+. Insanity. Uh, this is definitely a, a very exciting time because we are in a um, kind of a final push to complete the the launch uh, launch system stage zero essentially. Tesla and SpaceX founder Elon Musk was celebrated last month after the historic Inspiration4 mission that sent four civilians deep into orbit. Not garnering nearly as much publicity was an achievement by one of Musk's former factory workers, forcing Tesla to fight in open court before a jury for the first time over allegations of racial discrimination on the assembly line. Owen Diaz says that he was repeatedly called the N-word and other epithets, echoing allegations of racism at the Fremont plant that have dogged the electric car maker for years. Joining me is employment law expert Anthony Ancidi, a partner at Proskauer Rose. Tony, explain why it's so unusual for an employment claim against Tesla to make it to trial. The reason is that one of two things typically happen to a case like this. Number one, employees in California, at least, and, and elsewhere as well, often tend to be subject to arbitration agreements, which, if they are, the case is sent to arbitration and cannot proceed in court. Secondly, many cases end up settling. The likelihood of a case being settled is really quite great. In fact, upwards of 90% of cases that get filed in the courts end up at one point or another getting settled. Does the plaintiff here have to show that there is a pattern of racial discrimination? No. I mean, in some cases, in fact, probably most cases where there are multiple instances of discrimination or harassment, the employee will try to get into the case something that's referred to as Me Too evidence, meaning that there are other employees, maybe some of them plaintiffs themselves or claimants, who have experienced similar actions, whether it be harassment or discrimination or whatever it may be in the workplace. Because obviously, having more than one person testifying about this tends to bolster the credibility of the employee. And credibility is a significant factor in all of these cases, because in most cases, the employee will say he or she suffered from harassment or discrimination. The employer will deny it. And so the jury is going to be in a position of having to decide who's telling the truth. There have been years of complaints from black workers about the rampant use of racial slurs on the assembly line that were ignored by managers and graffiti and hate symbols. How does Tesla fight that? 
Well, the answer is if that is true, that's a big problem for them in this case. There are a lot of allegations in this case and in the prior case that we discussed about Tesla that there were physical symbols, things such as swastikas and nooses and things like that in the workplace. I would expect there would be photos of that that would be shown to the jury because as we all know, everyone now has a cell phone. Everyone has a movie studio in their pocket, basically. And I think that would be very compelling if those are credible photographs that the employer has some difficulty perhaps in refuting because the employer is responsible for policing the environment. So we often talk about a hostile work environment or a toxic work environment. Those words get thrown around quite a bit in this kind of litigation. That's what we're talking about, whether it's comments that are made to an employee or physical manifestations in the form of drawings or nooses or whatever horrible thing is being alleged here. Those are all things that would go into the environment and that the employee is entitled to show to the jury and say, this is the kind of environment I was working in. Now, I'm sure that Tesla is going to be very, very, very carefully looking at that evidence and testing it for veracity. Tesla denies the allegations and has said in court filings that it's taken prompt measures to correct unlawful behavior at its facility. So is it going to be a test of credibility between the employees and the managers who testify? Yes. And the legal standard for an environmental type case is whether the employer knew or should have known that this was going on. So it's not probably going to be a sufficiently airtight defense to say, well, we didn't actually know that there were nooses and swastikas in this workplace. The test is going to be, well, did you know or should you have known as the employer under these circumstances, or in this case, there was a contractual relationship with this employee, as I understand it. And, I, and so actual knowledge is not necessarily an airtight defense. In response to similar claims of racism by a former factory worker in 2017, Musk sent this email to employees saying, if someone is a jerk to you but sincerely apologizes, it's important to be thick-skinned and accept that apology. If you are part of a less represented group, You don't get a free pass on being a jerk yourself. We have had a few cases at Tesla where someone in a less represented group was actually given a job or promoted over more qualified, highly represented candidates and then decided to sue Tesla for millions of dollars because they felt they weren't promoted enough. That obviously is not cool. Do you think the jury will see that email? Yes. I mean, I think there's a very good chance that there would be what's called a motion in limine filed, no doubt, by Tesla, which would be to exclude that. And then the judge has to decide outside the presence of the jury whether to let something like that in. Based on what that says, it obviously could be quite prejudicial, damaging to Tesla's case. I won't comment as to why, but I think it's pretty self-evident. Of course, the plaintiff's lawyer is going to try valiantly to get that in because it goes potentially to liability. It may go to punitive damages. So the judge will make the determination as to whether it does or does not come in. But I am sure that everyone is watching that email on the trial teams on both sides. That's Anthony on CD of Proskauer Rose. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.